time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier and Chris Marno on this week's episode number 38. Jay, Chris, and their special guests, two times Emmy-nominated TV hosts from the PBS program The Arts Page and radio DJ at 96.5 WKLH, Milwaukee's hometown rock. Sandy Max reviewed the 1993 American romantic crime film True Romance. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out. Your film crickets are on now. All right. Hey, friends. My name is Jay Fortier. I'm along with my good friend, Steve LaVoy. Yeah. Uh, Steve is filling in for uh, Chris this week. He like literally came in like the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> you know, like, Big shoes to it, fill. Like, Big shoes to fill. My God, you. man. Yeah. yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah. Literally within like the last three hours was given this movie and watched it like, you know, it's a two hour film. It's not even like, you know, like, Hey, this is hour and a half film. Uh, so he stepped up. I want to thank him. And, uh, but we also have a guest here today uh, named Sandy Max. And uh, Steve did uh, speak a little bit about that at the beginning during the intro, but I want to cover some more stuff. We got, uh, she is a broadcaster who worked in Chicago and Atlanta, and now a a TV and radio personality in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, currently, and can be seen on Milwaukee PBS as the host of the Arts Page, can be heard on Afternoons with Craig Carson on 96.5 WKLH in Milwaukee, the hometown of, uh, I'm sorry, Milwaukee's hometown rock and um, nights on Rock 102 in Springfield, Massachusetts, Plus the creator and host of the podcast, Downtown Blabby, for the Downtown Abbey fans. So I got to say, Sandy, not only am I welcoming you, but I would like to ask, how is it you have time to breathe? <laughs> uh, you know, objects in motion tend to stay in motion. So wow, just keep awesome. going with the momentum. And I can tell, Jay, that you're not a Downton Abbey fan because you just called it Downtown Abbey. <laughs> Oh, that's right. It's my bad. I find that yeah, very yeah. charming. And that's oh. quite all right. So Downton Blabby is not your podcast. It's okay. It's not your cup of tea, as they say in the in the English world. So it's quite I all could, right. I, I'm sure I could listen to it, but I, I, I might not know what you're talking about. It's very, I am no. very charmed by that. Because it's so funny that it's such a worldwide phenomenon, Downton Abbey. And there are people who yeah. I've thought are going to be, be big fans and, and just aren't a part of it at all. And then other people have surprised me. I thought they would never be into it. And, and they are. So you're just proving that point. It's awesome. No problem. It just, well, it, it charmed me. My my mother that loves me so, so much, if I ever was to call her during that show, she would actually tell me to call back. You know, like <laughs> nothing would, would keep her like, yeah, she. I'm, I'm watching a program right now. Can you call me back? Uh, so, yeah, so a little familiar with it. Not much, but but uh, definitely I've heard of it. Yeah, that was when it was appointment viewing because it started in 2010 on PBS and it was every Sunday night, you know, it was before you could just mm-hmm. binge it. So yeah. So that was, uh, that was a special time for a lot of us <laughs> Sunday nights on PBS. It's funny. I had heard that, that ma- name exactly how it was pronounced, but then boom, I totally forgot because it's, a, it's one of those, I can't say I don't like it. I've never seen it. So Your time will come. Uh, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just, It'll be one like just one day. I'll be like texting you, going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> There's a movie sequel and, 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 and coming w- out. Wow! And, that, and I will say uh, when I when I put together the intros, um, you know, I'm reading off like kind of a resume uh, of your guests. I do them all every week, and I had to cut some things out because Sandy's was so long. I'm like, and and if you listen to the intros, a little behind the scenes magic, I have to speed my voice up a little bit. 
to get it all in for that song. And I'm sitting there going, wow, speed it up more, speed it up more, speed it up more. And I'm, I'm talking so fast now. And I'm like, and it's like, like I tried to get guy, in all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, really, really. So, so that's, uh, that's awesome. You, you're definitely involved in a lot of stuff. So uh, no, that's great. That's awesome. So we are so thankful to have well, you. Well, thank you for inviting me. This is a lot of fun. Usually. So Chris and I, um, what we were doing prior to having guests, um, we were doing random. Uh, so we, we didn't want to be fanboys and, and steer the ship. We picked a couple ones here and there, but it was very, it was, it was very rare um, because it, it made it a lot more interesting. So what we would do is randomly generate a number between um, uh, 1980 and 1999 and then uh, do a number, a random number that would be one in 50. So that would represent the number at the box office. So whatever year we got, and then whatever box office number we got, that's that's what movie we'd end up watching. So, but ever since we would have guests, we'd have them pick it, and therefore it's us also not steering the ship. So, uh, you ended up picking the movie True Romance, which was from 1993, and it has um, uh, Christian Slater and uh, Patricia Arquette. So what I'm going to do real quick is uh, do the quick um, plot summary from IMDb, and then we'll 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 just get into it. IMDb says that in Detroit, a lonely pop culture geek marries a call girl, steals cocaine from her pimp, <laughs> and tries to sell it in Hollywood. <laughs> Meanwhile, the owners of the cocaine, the mob, track them down in an attempt to reclaim it. So that's the uh, the summary, I guess, you know, from IMDb. So <laughs> it doesn't mention Elvis at all. That was one of the main draws for me because I saw this in 1993 when it came out. This actually has a couple wow. of ties to radio for me. It came out in 1993. I lived in Atlanta. It was my first job out of college. And I worked at an oldies radio station. And as I recall, there were flashes of Elvis and his gold lame. And so that was what drew me in. I was like, ooh, this sounds good. And sunglasses and Christian Slater. I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie experience then. Uh, and then my other radio tie to it is fast forward 20 years later, 2013, I got laid off from my Chicago radio job as it happens in radio, you know, and mm -hmm. I was a bit uh, uh, devastated and took the bus home, got a big bag of potato chips, plopped on the couch with some light beers. <laughs> and this was my comfort movie. This was how nice. I... Licked my wounds, uh, and it was a wonderful mm. welcome back to this uh, intensely crazy roller coaster world. So it, it has sent him, and I've watched it many times in between 1993 and 2013, and even since then. So this was a treat to revisit that world for me. But honestly, Elvis was the draw when uh, when it first came out. Nice. And then um, also, this is actually uh, so. Steve has only seen this today for the first time, and I saw this today <laughs> or, or, or this weekend. Um, this would be my second time since 1993, so oh, wow. it's almost like a first viewing. Did you see it in the movies, Jay? No, I saw it on uh, the videotape, I guess you, you will, <laughs> at the time, video cassette. Um, yeah, so that was a, I saw it once, I think, back then. It was great. I, I liked it back then. Um, it's just one of those, you, you, sometimes there's movies that, they they elude you after a while like it's like oh yeah i have to check that out again oh yeah i have to <laughs> and it's like finally i had the you know the reason you know too so um so that is pretty so awesome Steve, we could make this the shortest podcast ever since you saw it fresh <laughs> as of an hour ago 
and does the movie yeah, hold up? Yeah. I, I am too. I'm too emotionally attached to it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna tell you something. My my eyes are still burning from watching it, and uh, you know, I, here I am thinking. Well, first off, I look at it, I go, and I and I'm looking at the title, True Romance. I'm like, oh, softcore porn on a Sunday morning. I can handle this. <laughs> Nowhere near softcore porn. Uh, wow. You know, so well, what, I wasn't quite ready for what I saw. What Jay didn't and, read uh, in the synopsis, which they don't mention on IMDb, obviously, is this is pre-Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Mm. This is a film written by Quentin Tarantino. So that will clue right. you in if you haven't seen the movie why I'm guessing Steve's eyes are still um, a little cross-eyed <laughs> and nutty. Uh, <laughs> really? But, I mean, yeah, I mean, this was a whole entry to the Tarantino world and... I am not a fan of supreme violence. You wouldn't know that based on this being one of my favorite films, but um, but this was you know no. this was <laughs> jarring. I think in 1993, hmm. and maybe yeah, to you this morning around. on a yeah, Sunday. If you, if, 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 if you and I were sitting on like speed dating, and I said, "What's your favorite movie?" and you said, "True Romance," I'd be like. All right, the first date, bulletproof vests. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I bring my own corkscrew. Yeah, because this is uh, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Do you have the Swiss Army knife on you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, how would you like to be a guy named Roger Avery? Because he got zero credit for writing this, because he was apparently the co-writer. I don't know this part of the story. Yeah, it says uh, Roger Avery uncredited. Um, as as in the two uh, people who um, wrote it. I mean, according to IMDb, it's like, man, like you can't even give me a, like a little bit of a throw me a bone or something. <laughs> you know, like why why just Quentin? You know, like but uh, so I don't know the whole story on that, but I just see that some it says it right there, and it's like two of them, two results for the order for the writing credits, but like only Quentin was on the uh, on the movie. So because see, I'm a big credit watcher. So that's funny that you say that because what I noticed in credit watching at the beginning of the film, did you have to notice like one of the producers is Steve Perry? And I'm like, it can't possibly be the yeah, same guy yeah, from yeah. Journey, I can it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I thought the same thing. I had to wonder. I said, yeah, it's oh, Sherry, like the main <laughs> character here <laughs> yeah. or something. No. Yeah. I, I, so, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not the same thing. And I'm like, nah, it can't be. can't be. Um, but you know, it's, it's weird too, is, uh, watching this now, it's probably unfair. Like then watching it back when it came out, obviously I saw the name Harvey Weinstein and went, Ooh, I know that name. You know, I don't know many names, but I knew that one. And I wouldn't even have thought of that in 1993 when it came out. So, so it's weird watching it, watching it after. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. Even if it, if this, even if this is your first viewing, uh, you, I see it and I go, oof, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That name just, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it sparks that reaction from everybody now. Like I just, did notice that too. He was oof. one of three uh, executive producers, at least it, it wasn't just a, a Harvey Weinstein, no, I mean, like, but listen, it did, I mean, but it did leave a mark. Yeah. Yeah. But we can't, nobody can, I would say, I don't think we, we should ever not pay attention to those films i mean like it's like that because that would be taking away from everyone else that did anything in that you know what i mean like all the efforts that was made by the innocent um it's not their fault the guy's a, a piece of garbage so you know what i mean like i you, i would say still enjoy it he's just a monster you know but like it has nothing to do with the film the film's great you agree on that i would say i i uh i do agree 
I yeah. do agree. It just still is jarring to see it in print. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like he's the star. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not like the Cosby show. So yeah, uh, it absolutely, even if, uh, even if Quentin did not write this, I would have said, my God, he's all over this. Like, you know what I mean? This is so inspired by, in fact, is he writing under a, a different name? Because like, even though this was his beginning, all the stuff that, uh, how about the, you know, you see the martial arts triple feature that uh, he's going to see made up people, you know what I mean? Like people you don't even know. It's like, well, you know, that's him. That's his style to like put up this uh, fake brand and like, you know, like in, in Pulp Fiction or whatever, he comes up with the, the red apple cigarettes or whatever. It's, it's definitely his style. And by the way, I think he's like, he's like the type of person that is sort of frozen in another time. Uh, would yeah. you agree? Like uh, he's always, uh, all of his music in, in other films are like this older stuff or um, like you're, you're in Pulp Fiction, you're listening to Flowers on the Wall, like all, all these older songs that are sort of morphed into the, the movie. Well, same with this. You, I, I mean, He's driving a pink Cadillac, right? <laughs> Cadillac, right? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. He, he's obsessed with Elvis. I mean, everything's like old, so it's it's definitely very very Quentin. You know, it's like, even though he didn't direct very it, California. Uh, Tony Scott. Yeah, no, he's very, definitely very um, California. Yeah. Uh, now, are you not a fan of his work otherwise? Like, or or do you like it? Uh, it is intense for me. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't need to see Pulp Fiction again. Right. Uh, I saw Reservoir Dogs back in the, back when it came out on VHS with a friend of mine who I was hanging out with. And he's like, you really need to see this movie. You really need to see this movie. And I was like, okay, it's probably too violent for me, but if we're going to watch it together, it's okay. We'll have fun. And we watched the first five minutes and I said, oh, so this is the guy who, who did it. And he's like, you told me you hadn't seen this. And I was like, I haven't. And so basically it was a spoiler alert. Like I figured out who wow. Mr. Pink was or Mr. White or Mr. Whatever. So wow. it wasn't mm. as uh, <laughs> suspenseful for me, but, uh, mm. but I enjoyed that film because if anything, Quentin Tarantino movies have excellent casts. So mm. I, as much as gruesome as Inglorious Bastards was, I did enjoy that movie because the acting is great and the story, you know, his, his stories take you on a complete journey. And I did like Once Upon mm. a Time in Hollywood, even though it's so long. Until you get to the yet. super violent, well, sorry, then I won't talk, but there, there's okay. a super violent part where I'm like, okay, really? Um, but he wow. creates Spoiler. this entire world. Like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's no, no, a I'm joking. Tarantino like, movie. I would say it's a Tarantino movie. No, there's extreme yeah, yeah. violence. There's zero spoiler when it's, if you say it's, oh, it's violent. Well, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it'll be one, but there'll be one of those times where um, I live with my boyfriend and, and I'll be in another room working on something and all I will hear is gunfire and the most vile language you can think of. And I'll be like, what are you watching? And he's like, oh, Django Unchained is on in the background. Mm. I'm like, that is not a background movie. That is so <laughs> upsetting. Because as we get to, you know, whether this movie holds up today, I, there's a particular scene where it is, it wasn't comfortable to watch in 1993, but now it is particularly uncomfortable to watch because of the language used and what's being kind of, said all the way around in that Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper scene. I'm like, mm. this is, you know, 
you know, that, uh, like, does that hold up today? Or in comparison to all of the other Tarantino films, is it, does well, it roll yeah, off that, like would, duck, well, water off a duck's back? I don't, I, I don't know. Well, no, I, I would definitely, I, I say we, we, we can talk about that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like it's, we can still have a, a total overall opinion at the end, um, you know, during the final judgment section, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, yes, yeah, what we call it. Uh, the, I would say that for some reason with him, it's like, he's a fan of using the N word throughout. Like, I, I, you know, I mean, it's not just there. It's in, uh, I mean, he's actually using the word himself in uh, Pulp Fiction. I mean, when, when he's talking about the guy who gets his head shot uh, mm -hmm. in the car. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's Which many Which I did laugh out loud at of... that part, I confess. Oh, oh when, when, he, when he got <laughs> shot, that was hysterical, yes. Because it, the, <laughs> what makes it funny is the banter between uh, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson, like trying to figure out how the hell are we going to get off the street <laughs> when there's blood and brains splattered all over the thing without getting pulled over. Right. So, yes, it's designed that way and perfectly yeah, executed. It works, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, this was similar too, by the way. I mean, this was kind of like some moments were funny and then followed right by a very oh, yeah. violent moment. Yeah. So it was your emotions yeah. were all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. This was almost like probably the, the trial run to Pulp Fiction. Obviously, I think he I mean, it's close, but, but I think maybe Pulp Fiction is a little bit worse than this one. Uh, so so he kind of raised the bar a little bit when he did Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. It was say. all like cranked up to 11. <laughs> he directed Pulp Fiction, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, he didn't direct this one. But boy, it's he, he was all over this anyway. Like he might as yeah. well have directed it. His stamp was everywhere. Um, yeah, no, he definitely, uh, I think Pulp Fiction um, and and uh, Reservoir Dogs were like his first uh, couple. And then the, uh, you know, he went that was another there, reason but... I wanted to see it in 93 because I'm a big Blade Runner fan. I like Ridley Scott's work. So I was like, well, how bad can it be if it's Ridley Scott's brother? Oh, directed? God, another you know? one. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no another like, Blade Runner. Might... No, it's funny because, you know, obviously they, they did the show Blade Runner and they didn't like it too much. But some of the people that, that have watched the show or been on the show said, let's talk. Let's go back to Blade Runner. We got to talk about Blade Runner again. Obviously, you guys didn't see it the right way or whatever. So it's kind of funny you say that. That, that show has been brought up a lot. Yeah. Well, we knew uh, it's funny. Well, it, Chris and I both didn't really like it that much, like I, because it was just so broody and moody and like, like kind of like, but, okay. uh, you know, and it's the pacing and the whole narrative. But. We also knew that it was well beloved, so we were like, "Okay, we get it." We we even said it held up. Like we were saying, it holds up for the people that are the right people that are going <laughs> to enjoy this. It's just not us, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I we tried our hardest to be respectful. Yeah, you know what Good. I mean? Like we we knew. Yeah, we weren't trying to trash it. It was just more like like we got to the point of like I don't know, man, two hours of this. <laughs> Like, like Chris would, Chris is in the sense of like saying he wants to rewatch it maybe with someone who's educated on the thing. I said, I think I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, if you, if you listen to that, you'll, you, you might get a kick out of that one. And um, if funny. you also want to listen to, um, listen to our episode for Repo Man with Mike Shue, this uh, 
uh, DJ that's in this area. Um, he he was like, yeah, you guys trashed on Blade Runner, man. What the heck? <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> so, yeah, we knew we were on a, a, a possible island on that. But yeah. But that's a beautiful thing about film. You know, it's like it can be to your taste. And, and if it wasn't a world that you enjoyed being in, Mm-hmm. It's okay. You never have to re-enter that world again. Whereas I will revisit. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I'll watch um, it enough times for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just tell me all about it. Cliff notes. Uh, so um, yeah, but it's funny. We have at the end we have the segment called Final Judgment, which we jokingly mm-hmm. named because there's nothing final about it. Like I mean, it's just it's an opinion. There's nothing that's etched in stone. It's it's just a it's just the angle. So yeah, by the way, Elvis in this movie is like sort of like the conscience of Christian Slater's oh, character. Clarence, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Clarence. Thank you. Skinny Elvis, though, not not like late seventies fat Elvis. He was skinny, like hot, gold lame Elvis. Elvis. Come yeah. on now, yeah. All right, yeah. Be yeah. decked and, with the glasses, and I had to look it up, and because uh, I didn't recognize his voice, but it was Val Kilmer. He's listed in the trailer, yeah. but I figure, I mean, you know, when you're watching the film, you're like, oh yeah, Val's in here somewhere, but, but you then, never really see him. No, you you don't really see his face. You kind of just see a side view. You see his arm. You see the glasses, but you don't really get a good look at at his face. Mm. Yeah, he's in the reflection sometimes towards yeah, the end, but, but um, not like ultra clear either. But I I liked that treatment, and mm. as I understand, uh, Val Kilmer really wanted the role that Christian Slater got. And oh wow! The mm. just casting didn't turn out that way, but uh, you know. Val Kilmer, think about it. He, uh, well, he was in Top Gun that also uh, Tony Scott directed, um, but he had already played Jim Morrison of The Doors. Oh, so now right, he's right, played right, Elvis right. as well. So, uh, but I, I think that's a Pretty fun cool. way to show Clarence processing and justifying things and getting his machismo up in the can that's what i find it also entertaining that's the only yeah. place he confers with elvis not in the car right not in his not in the comic book store nope only in the can right right i can't wait till val kilmer plays uh janice joplin that's <laughs> it's funny because it's true <laughs> he's the go-to of any musician doesn't matter who i gotta say it's too bad um like i think only in the last like five or so maybe uh, more years you finally got to hear from christian slater again like uh, it'd been like this really long gap where you don't uh, he just disappeared i don't know i think he got he became like that party guy like you know it, it was like maybe a little too um into drugs or drinking or whatever he was he was into some stuff so i think that might have uh, been part of why he disappeared but um i think up until the, there was this uh, tv show on usa network called uh, mr robot which he was on yeah and by the way if you want darkness there you go that's your show <laughs> no no i'm just but yeah but you, you yeah you go you go to that yes because i watched like one season of it and i was like yeah i don't know man like i don't know if i can take another season of this <laughs> like it's just too grim you know what i mean like it's one of those moments that, like throughout the whole season where you're going there's not enough victories here like you I mean like you're like ah, i feel really crappy thank you very much <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> You know, if you're going to, you know, take stuff away, give give back a little, you know what I mean, as far as the story. But no, it's just like they just. Which like, yeah, like you said before, with true romance, at least, you know, we're having fun on a roller coaster and then something 
dire happens or, you know, there, there's, there's enough comedy and lightheartedness and laughter in this to balance out some of the more intense scenes. Now, I know throughout the years he's gotten compared to um, uh, Jack Nicholson because of his delivery and demeanor. Uh, but I think Christian you know, Slater. Yeah, because of the way he kind of has this, you know, like it's is his delivery. So, like, I feel bad, though, like because I think he's actually better actor than not 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 better than Jack. But I'm saying that he's better. He's a better actor than people just saying, oh, he's just trying to be Jack. You know what I mean? Like he actually pulls off a lot of good stuff in this. But that's interesting that you say that, because I was going to say he he kind of plays himself because he had played the dark character in Heather's before this which is, I think, kind of why he fit into this role so well. I love him in mm. this role, but you're right. Like, yeah. I didn't see him. I knew he was in Mr. Robot, but I didn't watch that show. I haven't watched it yet, yeah. but um, he was also, he played a role in a movie called The Wife with, is it Meryl Streep or Glenn Close? Glenn Close and Jonathan Price, where Jonathan Price plays this award-winning writer, but Christian Slater is in that movie, and he's he's really good, and he's a little mm-hmm. less squinty and yeah, 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 whatever that vocal yeah. quality is. Like he's a little less himself, <laughs> but he's still not mm. completely not himself. Like he's still kind of a smarmy dirt ball, which I'm so sorry mm. if he hears this. I'm <laughs> sorry. You're great as Clarence. You're perfect as Clarence. But but he where there are other actors like Brad except Pitt. Except when you sound like the Affleck. Yeah. Say, yeah. yeah. But, but think about Brad Pitt, who I love in this. This is one of my very, very, very favorite roles of Brad Pitt's ever. And he's mm-hmm. a distinct look. He's a good-looking guy. But as Floyd the stoner, he is, I, I won't call him unrecognizable, but you still enjoy him, even though he's slightly distractingly Brad Pitt. And then I, I really, here I am saying I don't like gruesome movies. Um, of the gruesome movies that I like, um, I like Seven a lot. And Brad Pitt is completely different in Seven than he is in True Romance or California or, you know, pick any of his other roles. But has he has he ever been the stoner? Like, I, I'm not I that was a role that I wasn't used to seeing Brad Pitt in. And like the best line of the whole movie is when <laughs> when he's sitting on the, on the couch and, and they say, hey, going to get the door. And he goes, I didn't hear it. The door. What? Someone's at the door. Um, you know, that was pretty funny. I, I was laughing pretty good on that. And uh, oh, that you're gonna say, be condescending to me. <laughs> when, oh, when yeah. You- <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good too. No, that was a good line, also. Yeah, 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 that was good. I, I had to look like three times, like that, that is Brad Pitt, right? That, uh, you know, so uh, it just uh, not a not a role I've um, that you're used to seeing Brad in, it's and a cool. role that he wanted. He wanted that bit part. Wow. He he was convinced that he had met that guy and, and could be that guy. No, he was like the Spicoli of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With his honey bear bong that always cracks yes. me up. Yeah, that that really did it. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was of all things to make the bong out of. Yeah, the little honey bear bong <laughs> was pretty good. And and here he has the mafia in front of him with their guns drawn and he and wants off. to offer them a hit from his little honey bear. That was yeah, that, that was, was pretty great. funny. That, that was the funny parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was great. Yeah. How by the way, how how amazing uh was Gary Oldman? Yes. Oh I mean like he, here's another chameleon. You know, he played mm. Sid Vicious. He played Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour. I mean, he's, um, and this is another one. Um, I think the role was written differently as the pimp. And Gary Oldman convinced Tony Scott, like, I know it's written like this, but 
I just met this guy on the set of this other movie I'm doing. He's a white guy, but he's got a Jamaican accent and he's got the dreads. So like Gary Oldman had met, met someone just enough like this that he completely wanted to model that character after, but yeah, down to the one eye and everything. So yeah, he's an intense, but those are the scenes also where, especially your first time, you don't know where that, I don't know where that's going at all. Hmm. <laughs> and, you know, right. so, and, and that's a heck of a journey to be in his lair, especially when your first introduction to him, I mean, you know, his, his, is he only in two scenes, but they're two of the most intense scenes of the film? It's a two-hour It's a two hour movie, but there's so many times in the movie where you say, oh, this is it. This is the ending right here. This is it, and, and it goes on, you know? So it's like, you know this can't be it because you look at it, and especially me, I rented it on TV, and I can see the little line. I'm like, I have a lot of line left that I have to fill out here in this movie, so this cannot be the final scene, although every scene seems like the final scene. It's pretty yeah. cool. Oh, I'm yeah, so relieved was, uh... you enjoyed it, Steve. <laughs> seemingly <laughs> yeah no it was good yeah 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 it was it was a good movie um but it, it keeps you like it keeps you upright in the chair it's not one of those that you're gonna fall asleep on um it, it really is it's it's action-packed and uh and you're like what's gonna happen next so what's gonna happen now who's that guy or you know uh, who are these guys and, and it's um it's pretty cool the beginning of the movie is uh it's a little weird obviously i think takes place in the present and then they go back is that is that what i'm led to believe like when he's in the bar with her um that, that's is that the older couple or what i, I didn't really understand that one a hundred percent in the first that's his birthday night that's clarence's birthday night so i think he was trying to pick up an older hooker and didn't and struck out when so that he, wasn't her in the no. future correct okay. correct that was uh yeah interesting take that's on what that. i thought yeah. it was i thought that was her yeah, I thought that was her in the future, and then they went back in the past and where how they got there. So, okay, because I'm like, well, it, you know what? Listen, if Marilyn Monroe and Cindy Lauper had a love <laughs> child, it would have been this girl, the hooker in the bar. You know, that's who. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's what she looked like. I'm like, who's that? So, uh, yeah, all right. So now that makes sense. Like, doesn't she kind of limp away? Like, I don't know if her like <laughs> yes, leg is. Yes, you're not sure if she's drunk yeah. or she can't walk. Yes, but no yes. matter what, she doesn't yes, want to be she with can him. Barely get off the bus. Yeah, like, like as <laughs> soon as he brings yeah, up the yeah, martial yeah. arts, she's like, and I'm out. She just taps yeah, out. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I have my standards, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, but, but where does that? But, uh, but how does that? So now, now, when you know the ending. Where does that even fall? Like, like, is is that you to believe their relationship is over? I, is, is 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 this like the the Forrest Gump where he's talking about his past to people on the park bench? Like, like where where does that fall? It's a weird it's a weird opening. That that was the oh, only no. thing that really didn't make sense. Oh to yeah, me at no, all, it was just was the, the it was prior to him actually going to see the film, the the the, the triple film there, like you know the three movies. Um, so that was earlier in the night. He tried to hook up with this one girl at the bar. Then he went to go see the movie. And the uh, the lead leading lady oh, okay. shows up, and the rest is all. That's when his nothing. That's when his boss's hooker gift arrives. Right. <laughs> he was he didn't he oh, didn't okay, know he was okay. getting a hooker gift, so he was trying right. to. Uh, well, who does? He's right? trying to score I mean, earlier. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah, think who, that's. Who, I, yeah, the last time your boss gave you one, you yeah. were surprised, right? I mean, he said you were going to get a raise. He didn't say how. Oh, <laughs> you know? uh, very nice. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's to establish. Just how much of a perceived uh, not man about town Clarence is, that he really is a nerd who is living a solitary life. 
So, and also helps explain why and make it a l- more believable that he would fall head over heels after one hot night with a very cute blonde and go, Hey, I'm only getting older. I, we have such a strong connection. Will you marry me? Hmm. Cause all of that is, there are a whole lot of parts in here where like regular Sandy would be like, this is a deal breaker. But for some reason I just strap in and I go for this whole ride. Cause oh, yeah. like that happens fast. Um, the whole Christopher Walken, Dennis Hopper conversation is unsettling to me. It's like, Oh no, you know, in its intensity, because I also didn't know where that was going, even though I know we're dealing with organized crime, it was still like, well, maybe, maybe this is going to end differently, you know? Um, but that language is, is rough for me. So does he score points when he goes back to, uh, your your evil past, if you will, and he and he tries to settle up. You know, he tries to say, hey, well, "I'm going to free you from this evil past and take care of your your pimp and all these people." Uh, does he kind of score points in the movie for you to go, "Hey, this guy's not too bad"? Sure, you know who who doesn't want to be? <laughs> pretty, that's the way. That's how he proves his love. You know, I mean, that's and for some reason, after he talks to Elvis in the bathroom, you know, you believe like, like all of that. I mean, it sounds ridiculous as we talk about, it, you know, but, but it's masterfully done like that. That pep talk from Elvis does help you believe that he would be that fearless in front of Drexel to hand him an empty envelope and think he's going to get his bag and go, you know, it's just like that. Cause that's right. Considering he's, you know, the not man about town with the elderly hooker i can't believe i just said elderly with the (laughs) with the past her prime hooker you know but so it it is so much fun to go on this fun journey like that that was believable and i was engrossed in in all of that painful journey though everyone's getting very very painful oh when when james gandolfini's throwing her all around the uh, hotel room that's awful that's like yeah i i still watch with one eye that's Mm. that's hard that's, I mean, I know how it ends and, in but it's, and again, right, that's right. also, does that, does that hold up, you know, now we're watching this film after hashtag me too. And after the summer of a whole lot of social justice awakening during the pandemic last year. So that's where, you know, in watching this, it does make me wonder, would I suggest this movie mm. to someone? But then I wonder if I'm just out of, pers- out of touch because now we're in the world of Tarantino's and, superhero films where all sorts of cartoon violence happens and so I, can you guys tell me am i am i out of touch am i hypersensitive or is this a film that no. should be like this was 1993 I, I don't know well i guess i guess you know here's a question now you're 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 a radio dj do you work at a station that still plays yes. leonard skinnerd good point point. and leonard skinnerd um back in the day had album covers with the confederate flag and things like that and 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 a lot of their t-shirts had that um, I think harder to find now, but, but, you know, do you feel bad saying, Hey, here's a Leonard Skinner song. Do you, you know, again, it's one of those things I, I get times have changed, but is the group really that bad of a group? I don't think so. Is the message in your songs, anything about that? Not really. Um, so, but yeah, I think it's one of those Interesting. things. Interesting. Um, I will tell you something else when we were joking around about music and that sort of thing. One of the reasons I love this movie so much is the music. And that Hans Zimmer song, You're So Cool, every time they use it and it's to set up, the, you know, it, it's your cue that this is the loving part. 
that song gets me every single time. And I couldn't find it for a while because it was 1993 and I didn't have the mm. soundtrack. But but once I found out what it is, I love that song. I love it so much. I went to see Hans Zimmer a couple of summers ago uh, perform wow. a whole bunch of movie scores. But I was like, I'm not going unless he plays that song. Because you realize how mad okay. I would be. I would be the person like standing as everybody's leaving shouting, you're so cool. Yeah, or bring the sign. Yeah, the you're so cool <laughs> sign. Except you're not if you don't play it. But yeah, I mean, right, just right, that. Right. So I'm fascinated he because I'm. it too. Right, right, he just looks exactly. At the sign and goes, thank you're not you. so cool. But my no, no, he just goes, I, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, doesn't remember but, that he actually wrote a song called "You're So Cool." <laughs> no, but he does include it. It's it's magical. It's magical to hear live. But being wow. in radio and being such a music fan, I realize I am so turned on auditorily. Does that music do anything for you guys? Sometimes I'm so focused maybe hyperly on what's going on that I might not pick up on it. It depends. It depends on sometimes a certain film will. It'll just be like invasive where I'm like, wow, holy cow, that was amazing. Um, like it, where it really, really grabs me. But that doesn't mean I don't think it, uh, it's great. I, I, would, I would probably have to watch it again. Or hear, or just you know, hear the song and then go. Oh, all right, yeah, I remember now. Like it's one, it's it's not sticking out in my head right now, but that also doesn't that that could have been me also being like I said, really crazily focused on all the details I wanted to remember for today. <laughs> sure, sure. Steve, does it do anything for you? Um, yeah, so I liked it. It was funny though because I I always uh, I'm more into music than I am movies, and I was looking on Amazon where they're selling the soundtrack, and I'm just reading people's comments. I love to see what other people say about stuff, and there was some that actually wrote in that that they didn't think the the music quite met the movie, and uh, which was which was kind of interesting. They, I'm they surprised didn't think that by it was that. Like it didn't. Yeah, yeah. Like if you listen to the soundtrack, you wouldn't think that's what the movie was about. You know, yeah, they didn't they didn't quit. They, they liked the soundtrack, but it, but they didn't think it really went well with the movie. So so it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I disagree. I, did like I, did like I disagree wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am offended. My senses yeah. are offended. Wow. That is so surprising <laughs> to me. Thank you for sharing that. That's just so surprising to me. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you. I'm just yeah, was, that's, was how, that's how shocked mm -hmm. I am. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I guess for me it was like I'd have to listen to it a little more and and, uh, and hear the songs out. There, it wasn't like a soundtrack where you're taking. I mean, it had Outshine by Soundgarden and some others, uh, but it wasn't like a, a movie soundtrack that was well known where they're taking a lot of well known songs and putting and you almost get like a greatest hits like Forrest Gump. You're really getting a greatest hits of, of music when you get Forrest Gump. Um, there was a lot of unknown songs just from the movie. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, Hans Zimmer has done so much. So, I mean, he, he's a, he's really good at, at soundtracks. So, I mean, they really, if, even if you've never seen the movie and you just run down the, the, the uh, cast, you're just going, wow, what an all-star lineup, especially maybe now, maybe not in 1993, but now when you look at the cast, you go, wow, that person, this person. I mean, even the uh, the uh, the the housekeeper on Two and a Half Men had a role in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, as, as the as agent. The, uh, yeah. Scout yeah. Talent. yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, I know that voice and I'm looking at her and I'm like, oh, that's who that is. So so, you know, it's actually cool to watch it. Uh, uh, twenty something years later, <laughs> you know, you know who <laughs> because probably, then now you know where they've been in their career. Yeah, and you know who probably was a pretty interesting big name in 1993, and who is great in this is Bronson Pinchot. Oh yeah, yes. I mean, he yeah. is. There's another yeah. one where if Christian Slater, we don't feel is that versatile. Bronson yeah. Pinchot 
is. I mean, he is so oh, great as a weaselly. I was wow. Yes, yes. I I I really wanted him to do the uh, the the uh, the special dance that he does, and uh, <laughs> and I'm like, what's Balky Baltagamus doing on this show? Because I don't even know what the hell his real name is. He'll always be Balky Baltagamus to me, you know. Mm. Um, but yes, I'm like, what's the Die Die song? Come on, hey 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 hey. <laughs> I never knew Balky's last <laughs> and, uh, name, and, and it was after. Well, yeah, I know this this guy's got some skills when it comes to that. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I, I don't know much, but if you have a weird last name like that, it was like, yeah, that was better than homework back in the day. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, we did the movie another forty eight hours, and he brought up the, uh, the TV show Chips and said wow. the name of the auto mechanic that was on chip saying Harlan had to go and uh, grab build a bike for punch i'm like Harlan <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's got some skills when it comes to the, like the old tv shows and stuff that's yeah funny. that's funny so funny <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah that was a great show and, and i looked it up so i i i always like to look at stuff like all right was this was this before perfect strangers or after and this was actually after perfect strangers and and balky comes out a little bit when he's talking you're like ah there it is there it is it was funny because uh back in the day so um where i live uh the actor that played big bird on sesame street uh, had a house around around where I live and I got to meet him once in public and I didn't know it was him I knew he, he lived in the area and he came in obviously with, with not with the mask on or with the costume <laughs> on but uh, he was wearing a, a leather jacket with an embroidered big bird on on the jacket so I said oh this has got to be him he's like in his 60s there's no way this guy's that big of a fan uh, and I'm talking to him I'm like I, I, kind of like you know one of those psst, are you are you big bird you know like uh and uh, and if he wasn't i would have been like oh, he's probably thinking what kind of weird guy is this uh, uh but but yeah so he's like yeah so we was talking and he doesn't really sound like uh big bird except he went into character he was talking about something and he just i said hey what about that dog that was on the show what i forget his name he goes oh snappy and it came out and i'm like here's this guy you know looks like colonel sanders and, and uh <laughs> and, and, and Big Bird's voice just came out of his mouth. And, and it was like, now, I've watched that since I was a little kid, right? I mean, I'm like, wow, I've never seen what really Big Bird looks like. Um, so it was pretty weird. But, yeah, so Balky did come out in one of those scenes. It was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, there he is. There's Balky Batagamos. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun now that we know where Tarantino's career went and has gone, I should say. It's not over. Mm -hmm. God knows. Um but now go through the checklist of you saw Samuel L. Jackson, you saw Tom Sizemore, you saw Christopher Walken, you know, you, so many of the cast members that Tarantino chose to use again in the future Brad Pitt. So it's kind of fun to see the, be the beginnings of, of the Tarantino creations. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't use um, Gary Oldman anymore. If he has, I'm, I'm not uh, aware yeah, uh, I don't because know. like after that performance i mean i'd be like all right come on <laughs> you're gonna be in my next movie too yeah because that was amazing and i dig saw uh, rubinek who i mean oh yes yes uh he's uh, great. totally oh, another one of those underrated people that you just uh not everybody knows his name i mean you know? yeah he is one of those adam Adam Sandler. Uh-oh. Uh, Adam, Adam Sandler tends to do that, right? I mean, Adam Sandler tends to grab a cast and move on to every film with this 
same kind of lineup. He does um, use his friends. It, it he uses like his friends a lot. Tarantino tried to do that. Yeah. So so I don't know if these are friends of Tarantino or if they became too big after this movie or it's weird because, uh, yeah, Sandler, pretty much you watch any of his films. It's like you already know who's going to be in it for the most part. Um, so it seems like this was kind of happening a little bit at end the series with uh, Pulp fi- Fiction. Obviously, Samuel L. Jackson is, is in this one Briefly. as well. With a for very a minute, yeah, similar I was just saying for a hot minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after this, they probably said, uh, you know, I, I promise you, you'll be in longer in, in the next uh, in the next movie. Because wow, he I couldn't believe that happened, man. He, he shot him and the other guy right away. I was like, whoa, gone. And you'll get just as colorful language in the future. Yeah, I, don't worry. <laughs> I, I got some reserve yeah. for you. I got some. Yeah, you, you thought that I mean? was good. It's only going to get better yeah. from there. Don't worry. Right. So I think I think the film, though, if you look at the the title of True Romance, what we see in this film is many segments of um, a test to see how. Uh, how into it you are in your relationship or how, uh, how you will stand by your, your partner. So I think we saw that when he took on her, her pimp, I think we yeah. saw that when she would not give him up or, or the drugs and she is really getting mm. a beat down. I mean, how many people wouldn't have said, yeah, he's down the block <laughs> at the cheeseburger place. Go, go. Um, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, so we, we keep seeing these little segments that they are going to stick with each other no matter what. And I think that's where obviously the true romance title comes in because i'm trying to play it out going okay a title has to mean something to the movie right and and i'm i was weird i was just weird to me like where are we finding that here and 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 that was the only thing that made sense to me was the little the little test because everyone else there was no i mean they failed them so you know balky batagamus um (laughs) elliot uh he 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 kind of failed the test he he didn't care he lied it's like he put the wire on no big deal um but but it was like the two of them uh, they and he, and even in his father, his father did, that's didn't what I was give gonna him say. up that's, either. So that's so love. that was that yeah. true romance mm-hmm. on on the dad's side. That's that's a, that's a point I was going to make. Is yeah, that his his dad even after their strained relationship and and just showing up and and obviously he was a seasoned cop and knew how that was going. So he still could have just made it easier on himself and he didn't give it up either. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, I I think that you know that was in in definitely in the movie in different parts of of the true love uh, either be a, a family member or the, or what they had for each other. So um, no, it was pretty, pretty cool when you, when, when, if you can take everything away from the film, the shooting and the, and the drugs and all of that, and just look down to what the base is in the movie. Um, that's pretty cool. You know, and it makes um, that opening scene. I was just going to makes that opening scene. He, he did not find true love. He, you know, in the beginning, he didn't even find a connection, but you know, it's, there's your journey of he struck out big time, and all the way at the end, happiness on the beach with one eye and a beautiful now, girl and, and, and a son so named Elvis. I, I would say that I, before we get to the final judgment, I, we got to at least talk somewhat about the final sin, scenes um, when in that hotel room with uh, Saul Rubinick and um, yeah, everybody that jumps in now. Um, now you're a um, a set of cops that have a guy that's uh, wearing a wire and you're about to bust a drug, a, a, a drug raid. Okay. You're going to go in for a drug bust. There's this new invention. It's called a bulletproof vest. Nobody wore one. Everyone was getting shot in the chest. Well, but it's 93 um, though. It, it, people it's wore 93. them back then. This wasn't uh, like, 
uh, it wasn't like nineteen fifty-five. No, well, <laughs> the last you know cop- what? Maybe I think no, no, but I think I think L.A. Yeah, I think oh, LA. I think Chris yeah. Penn was wearing Chris <laughs> Penn was wearing one because he's the last one who gets it from Alabama. That's right, because she shot him in, in between. Yeah, yeah, but it was it. For it to be was a vest, he? I mean, it was more like a smock, you know. It was just. But like, I mean, they they all walked in, and you just saw red on every time they got shot. And I was like, um, at least try. Well, you know what I mean. Like yeah, you, you're going into it. You don't know. That's the colorful part of Quentin Tarantino's world. Yeah, yeah. You I know, guess well, forget about it. But it's just I, I was like, Jay, I'm, I'm gonna. No cops wearing. I, I'm gonna put on Chris's uh, cap right now and be Chris for a minute. Uh, you know, and, and I, I love how Chris will pick apart a movie. First off, a Cadillac that's all wheel drive. Like every time he took off, all four wheels are spinning out. Like like that that wasn't even made like that. You know, even even Harlan couldn't put that car together. You know, I mean, <laughs> all four wheel drives. <laughs> it's like it was just. I'm looking at this going, okay, there's Hollywood. All right, yeah, okay, yeah. All four wheels are spinning out. This is great. An all wheel drive Cadillac convertible. I, I that that's a great car. Must have been uh, everyone wanted that car back in the day. Uh, but but you know, there was a few things like that. Yeah, you know, some of the things with the, uh, the the gunshots. I mean. I mean, what does he have? A sawed-off uh, rifle, shotgun in, in the in the motel room, and no one really hears anything going on. Like, how many times did she shoot this guy? Um, you know, it's just it's kind of funny. Or, or when they're escaping, like you say in that final scene, they just walk out. They're bleeding. She, I mean, she's just. <laughs> yeah, she looks like dumb. Little Red Riding Whore. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I mean, they they don't stick out. I mean, I guess it's it's L.A. I guess I don't know, but it's like they don't. And then they jump into a pink Cadillac convertible with Michigan plates. Like no one look at us. You look the other way, and uh, don't mind us in our little briefcase full of uh, two hundred thousand dollars. And uh, and every cop is just staring at the motel with their guns drawn, but they can make it out. You know, I mean, there was that would be my Chris's take on on some of the ridiculous uh, of the movie. Uh, uh, I I know Chris will watch this later. And go, yes, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but that's the fairy tale happy ending. That's it's a romance. See, that's what you want the happy ending. Um, you, I don't know if you realize, and I don't like this at all. Spoiler alert: in Tarantino slash Avery's original script, I don't like this, and I don't find it believable. Uh, Clarence dies, and Alabama has been a conniving little red riding whore um, <laughs> for the cash the whole time. And I don't think, mm. I think that's disjointed because I, I watched it twice to get ready for this fun podcast. Um, but I watched mm-hmm. it like through that lens to watch her reactions through that lens. And I'm like, no, this is, I think she wants the love as much as Clarence does. Like, I, I believe their electric connection. And, you know, she's writing on the napkin. You're so cool. Like, I don't think that she was okay. You know, like, I, I just don't find that believable. I think the happy ending that we get is more believable, even though Tony Scott got criticized and, and for, you know, Frank Capraing the, the end of this. It, I think it works. It's so funny you say that because you just brought me back to school where you'd have a book assignment and you'd watch the movie instead. And the book and the movie were not the same. <laughs> So you'd write your book report and go, that didn't happen. Like, 
What do you mean it didn't happen? Oh no, this is, you watched a movie, didn't you? And the teachers would, would would definitely pick a book that had a movie, and they knew what the movie was all about, and they would catch everyone for watching mm. the movie. Yeah, that's what that's what that just reminded me of. Like, oh, the book is different than the movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear the book I had was just like the movie. I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I also if you're if you're going to pick a part, I don't think Dick Ritchie would have actually gotten the T.J. Hooker part either, because that you know just before they leave to go to the hotel room, he's like, "I got the part." I'm like, "How? How did you get the part?" And he's like kept... doing his driving, like <laughs> that weird yeah, little yeah, like, that was, hand gesture. Like... That was pretty bad. And would, <laughs> and, and, would, and would Captain Kirk really call you and go, "Hey, I am looking forward to working with you." I mean, I, would he really? I, I mean, I, I don't know if they, if the, if the lead guy would ever call some of the B actors and go, "Hey, I, I can't wait to see you on set on Monday." That's great. Um, yeah, so that was kind of weird. <laughs> That's what set T.J. Hooker apart from everybody. They, uh, <laughs> right. He made all the personal phone calls. <laughs> Adrian's med. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, uh, a little dated, obviously, if the mafia or government wants to find you nowadays, it doesn't have to be on like a ripped paper bag on the refrigerator. Um, they can they can definitely just ping your cell phones. You know these little <laughs> trackers that we have on us at all times. Uh, so so yeah, so kind of funny how they they can find you. It didn't even occur to me like the cell phone free world, and that the only people who were on mobile phones were the Hollywood car phone. Wow, I didn't which, even. Which back in the day yeah, yeah, I mean, was I, like and, and, there, so. And, they couldn't trace you. It was um, it was really just a, a simple, almost like two way radio. So it didn't have any of the things that today's phones have. But you're right. It was it was it had to be in a car because if you had it on you, it, you would have like radiated your head because it was like you know a hundred watts or something. <laughs> um, and it was huge, you know. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. The the back in the day, it was the limos and the sports cars. They were the only ones with the, with the mobile phones. So it was it was harder to trace people. Back then, where I think today would have been so simple as far as technology. Sure. And then they stop at the payphone and do other things in the payphone booth. But but it's it's just funny. Like when you grow up with that technology, it doesn't phase you. But if you showed somebody, we were talking, this came out in 1993. If you show somebody who's 20 years old this film, that, that would just seem so old fashioned well, you, it would seem so 90s and it's just it's like oh i just yeah feel like if you it were a young ago. boy if you were a young teenager right now and you said hey the only way you can have sex is in a phone booth they'd be screwed literally because <laughs> there are no phone booths so you know you'd, you'd be like where do i find one of these you know <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> i know uh, i always have so to take I, it down think- that road sorry jay <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so uh, what do you say when we get to final judgment? It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. <laughs> you might recognize the voice on that guy. <laughs> he's a good guy, huh? Yeah, that guy is so good. Wow, he's talented. It's impressive. <laughs> Authoritative. <laughs> Yeah, you get to yeah. you get to see the the actual uh, you get to actually see what I look like. Yeah, you know, usually I was just the uh, theater of the mind. You know, the great and powerful Oz. 
It really is. <laughs> yeah. Fabulous yeah. Don't mustache. look behind this curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so who would like to actually uh, go first to, to decide, you know, talk about how uh, well this holds up uh, today? I will. I would like to pass and I would like to suggest Steve go first again, All simply right. because. Yeah. You have seen it First with the freshest perspective. Yeah, you know, um, I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's a tough one. Uh, Good. There's a there's a lot of things that that nowadays watching it, like we talked about with technology, doesn't really hold up. Um, some of the things where, and again, I've never been to L.A., but you know, maybe some of those freaky things like would get past L.A. people and they wouldn't really even care. It's probably like just another day for them. So so maybe that holds up. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think that, uh, if you, if you rip it apart and you say, Hey, they're really just tests to see how much you love someone to see what you would be willing to do for someone. Well, I think that's always going to hold up and, and no matter what it is, um, you know, you, you really want to see, is that person going to stay faithful to me and true to me? And, um, and I guess in, in life, uh, beyond everything else, whether it be material things or whatever, what really matters at the end of the day is that person is your rock and that person is, 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 you know, solid for you, whether it be a family member or, or a, a spouse or, or a boyfriend or girlfriend or something. So I think if, if you, if you break it down to that, then I would say it holds up and, uh, and, and everything else is obviously Hollywood and it's, and it's a movie. But I think if that's what the message was and that's what true romance is, then yeah, I think we're all looking for that, and we're always wondering what would that would that person you know take a bullet for me? You know, we always ask that question, and uh, so so maybe that's that, that would hold up the time. I would say yeah, it stands stands the test of time, in my opinion. Well said, man. Bravo! I would say very eloquent. I I love that. Yeah, Jay, uh, that who goes great. first? Rock paper scissors. Oh, I'll go, and, and what you can uh, <laughs> you know this is this is your baby, meaning like you know your your favorite film. So like we'll uh, we'll, we'll let you uh, end end with it. All right. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I think it absolutely does, because I think by now, um, people are most likely not going to um, if you if you're talking to a 20 something um, and then say, hey, you, you want to check this out? Um, chances are they've uh, experienced some other uh, Quentin movies. I know he didn't direct it, but, you know, like I said, he was all over this. You could absolutely see, you know, even though somebody else directed it, you know, a lot of the quentin isms were there you know so even beforehand uh before you know he became famous um so he's very uh a specific style that i think i mean chances are people have seen uh, other films like django or um maybe even pulp fiction i don't know um so i think <clears throat> i think they're ready uh, people who would uh, would be ready for this uh, type of uh, violence slash, um, even though like yes, do does the scene with um, Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken um, is that um, terrible? Absolutely. Um, it's I mean I wouldn't I would I don't know if it would be written with that today. Like meaning within the last year or so, I don't know if that would be. I don't know. It depends. I guess, I guess, you know what? Um, I think he's going to have a final film. He, he's, he's going to end soon. I mean, like he's, he has a certain number in his head uh, that he's, he's put out there that he's going to end. I think uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, it was like a second to last or something like that, or something close like that. I could be wrong, but it's not, not far off. He is going to have an at, like a last movie that he's going to do 
you know, I didn't realize that he stuff. had, uh, yeah, I didn't realize that he had set a, a limit like that. Yeah. Um, I, That's interesting. I, I don't have it in front of me, but, yeah. um, we, I, what I'm saying is we'll find out if he's still going to be this way because it's, he's not shy about, about right. adding the N word into his film. So it's like, which he's caught a lot of crap for it and rightfully so. Um, but I would say still on a whole, it holds up. So like, you know what I mean? Like, like yes, those things, you, you can have things that you don't think will do well today, but I think on uh, all together, I think it holds up. And I think that, so like, you know, one, like I said, people are fans of him. They're style, the style that he brings. And so it may not be for everyone, but I think a lot of people would enjoy it. And um, it, it was so well acted uh, from just from, beginning to end all the people like they brought it it wasn't um yeah it wasn't like boy did he suck hey, everybody else was good no it was it was it was i think across the board um and we were uh so i absolutely think throughout all the people that were involved and the story and the like i said the style is is very um familiar a lot of people like it so i think it would absolutely do well uh, to most likely anyone that can handle the uh, the violence or whatever you know so Yep, absolutely. Holds up. Two for two. Do we go three for three? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Sure we do. <laughs> I concur wholeheartedly for very similar reasons. Steve, I loved your profound universal approach to why it still holds up today. And then, Jay, I like your more mechanical elements of why it still holds up. Um, that great perspectives on both of those that I, I think that I, I know that I agree with elements of those and have a couple to add because how else can Tarantino write a script that resonates with people if it doesn't have those universals of love and greed and adventure, you know, as part of it. So, but, but yeah, def definitely what would you do for love? And, and we all want true romance and sparks and adventure and excitement and joy. So I think it takes those boxes and sure. Some, some danger. You can be happy, but then you're complacent. Are you really happy? You know, you want excitement with that. So you definitely get that in this film. Um, and then Jay, to your point of, of mechanics and, and scripting, I think bottom line, and now this is becoming more of a nineties film, which makes me feel just, just, wow. I live in a, in the 21st century now, you know, it's just, it's interesting to realize, you know, it is a different time and it is a, almost a retro film now. It'll 25th anniversary, you know, will be coming up at some point. So it's just kind of fascinating if you look at it that way. Um, or have we already passed the 25th anniversary? We already did. Yeah, I think so. 2018. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's wow. just, it, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird to quantify that because it, mm. I guess that's part of why I think it still holds up is even with pay phones and, the the time like i think because it leans into some of that vintage like it wasn't so 90s fashion because we lived in the pimp world and then we lived in the hollywood world like it wasn't such a time capsule movie it it's wasn't loaded in, with day glow like uh yeah like, yeah or like boy the bands Prince you know like, <laughs> right you know right I mean? yeah like everything was like like <laughs> neon yeah. pink Except yeah, you've got Cadillacs and 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 Elvis, you know. <laughs> so it's it just it, it Tarantino and and Tony Scott created this world again where you have some familiarity, uh, and it's kind of that you know they go to an amusement park like it is an amusement park type of film, 
where you're along for the ride and strap in because as much as you like, you know, when you go on a roller coaster and then it makes that quick jerk mm-hmm. and it's a thrill, but it's like, oh, I didn't know it was going to turn and now I'm upside down. Right. And, and so it, it keeps you off balance just enough and you laugh even though you're scared crapless at one point because you <laughs> thought somebody was going to die or you thought you were going to mm-hmm. die. And it's like, and then here you are laughing about either something yeah. grim or just people having a laugh about this guy flipped. He's he'd flip his grandma and three other people down the street. We got, it. you know, <laughs> there's so many good jokes in here that are just natural conversation. You almost feel like you're hanging out with friends. And like as crazy as this world is, you feel welcome. The elevator scene is crazy. You know, like there's just so so much oh, action and fun. So I awesome. think this yeah, yeah, so I, I definitely mm. think this film holds up and I do think it holds up with a 21st century audience who, for better or worse, has heard the N-word in songs and isn't upset. But, you know, like it, that it has been used in a group way amongst other groups so that it isn't mean. It is used mean in this film and I'm uncomfortable with it, but I am an incredibly sensitive person and it's still not a deal breaker for me because I, it's part of this fabric and it's not, it's uncomfortable, hmm. but I don't think it's. It's isolated though. It, yeah. So, and, and there's another line in it that, that I'm really uncomfortable with. And I found out Patricia Arquette was uncomfortable with it too. When they're first getting together at the diner and he's getting, you know, they're going through the checklist of what do you like and what don't you like and what are your turnoffs? And I had to roll back. I'm like, did she just say Persians? And she did. And she, I had to roll back too. Yeah. And she said, I, and, and, it, but the, what were you say? The, the line, the line was hard to hear it. Like it was a very, she mumbles in the, in, in the film. So I was like, is it my surround sound that's set up wrong or something? So I, I'm like turning like the center channel up. I'm like, I can't hear what she's saying. Um, but but yeah, I, I didn't know what yet. So I did. I do remember that that scene that you're talking and I, about. And I found out that she supposedly, I didn't talk to her myself. I, had, mm-hmm. I don't have Patricia Arquette on, on, on speed dial yet. Um, but <laughs> I, I read in an interview that she had said that she was so uncomfortable with that line that on different takes, she would just throw in other. She was like, I was equal opportunity. She would just throw in any other ethnicity. So it wasn't always Persians. Mm. So I'm like, okay. So, so oh, wow. those... But I don't think it goes so far as to be mean and oppressive. It's uncomfortable. It's but, not a like deal said, breaker for me. It's well, it's isolated, like I said. Meaning, it's one scene between two. Set, you know, I mean, kind of the conversation is between two people. If it mm-hmm. were throughout, where Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette were saying that throughout, then I think you're in a different story now. That's the whole film, and that's the main characters. This is two separate people that are like uh, on their own little uh, section of the film. Which, so yes, you could say that's bad, but it doesn't affect the rest of the film, as far as being bad, in my opinion. I, you know what I mean? I think the I think what's really uncomfortable is it's so obviously used as an insult. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, so so there's no getting around that it's racist and ugly use of the word for as your last hurrah, I'm going to get you because you're about to kill me. Oh yeah. Here's the worst thing I can think of to say to you. That's uncomfortable. But 
I, and I hate to put a butt on that, but I, I think in context of this, and if you take this in context with the rest of Quentin Tarantino's work, this is a, this is a blip of the conversation and you can have much heartier conversations about other scripts and hopefully get to, to some better understanding. So I look forward to seeing Quentin Tarantino's next script. Do you tend to, um, you know, it's funny because like some of these movies and some songs, do you tend to go, wow, this person watched this and liked it? Like, wow, what kind of person is this? Um, I mean, do you, do you tend to go, wow, I, I can't believe, or are you, or you have a, you go in some friend's house and you rip out an album and go, they listen to this music? Oh my God, I didn't even know that. Um, do you tend to do that? I mean, does that really like label you a little bit, even though you're not that person, but you like the movie? Is that, you know, that's kind of, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like sometimes it shocks me when I see what people like and I'm like, wow, that is not what I thought. <laughs> and that's where I'm, that's where when does true romance hold up today? That's where I'm wondering, I think I could still recommend it to someone. Like, I, I you know, I, I don't think I would recommend it and say, but there's this one scene, like, I don't think I would say that. It was like, if you're, if you've seen a Tarantino film and you're, good with intense violence and intense language this will be a walk in the park this will be a fun roller coaster ride for you you know well, um yeah you know i i i know you talked about it jay on on one of your shows it was a there was a a christmas special when they actually was it was it Chris, isn't the carol christmas carol something they redid one of the songs or and he can't find the other version of it i mean is that like I guess we go down the road where would you want to see a movie edited because it doesn't, you know, the movie's okay, but there are certain things that don't stand the test of time, like, or, you know, are not appropriate today. Or do you say, Hey, that's part of arts. It was that time in, in, in history. I mean, I guess, um, what, what's your take, what's your take on that? Do you, should it, should it be edited on some of the bad stuff or. Cause I've covered a lot of art and artists. Um, Quentin Tarantino is an uncompromising artist. How, you know, doesn't he have some seven hour <laughs> version of once upon a time in Hollywood? I'm, I'm exaggerating, but you know, it, it's expression. And if that's how he expresses that, then I think that's valid. And I also think that art brings people together and that's the power is it connects people and it creates conversations. So that way we don't, the three of us aren't sitting here laughing going, Eh. you know, like we're discussing it and we're trying to figure out how we feel about it and how we can do better, know better. And, you know, we can't change the film. The film's been made. We could at least, you know, acknowledge it and, and try to do better in the future or trying to figure out, okay, what are other ways we can insult someone before we die? So I do still think it holds up. Plus it has a song that is magical that hopefully people can learn that You're So Cool is one of the best, most emotional songs on the planet and uh, that Hans Zimmer has ever created. And Elvis is everywhere. He remains this massive pop culture figure who <laughs> can mentor people and help them build their confidence. You know, it's, it's, uh, that, that also has staying power in my world. But if, he, you know, if you're in the bathroom and he tells you to kill somebody, don't do it. <laughs> What what was that song that that was taken out that Chris can't find now? They, they oh, um, edit the version oh, of that. Okay, so it's the Muppets Christmas Carol, and it was uh, the love is you know 
found or whatever. Like her love is gone. Uh, when um, yeah, she's basically, uh, Belle is complaining about you know, how uh, Scrooge is not there for her anymore. And that got edited out. Uh, and they only have the, the the same type of song at the end uh, where it's found, but like it's never gone in the first place. Like, you know, so like they cut it out and he was pissed because it's like, why? They took it away. So um, on the, you know, to uh, I didn't know you were who you were talking to because we can't see who you're pointing at or looking at. So when you said, hey, um, so when you had mentioned that, I had basically said, no, they shouldn't take anything out of a movie like that that might be offensive like that. Um, if they're going to continue to play it and put it out there um, because it's like denying it was there in the first place. Like, so like, don't take don't take that offensive scene away um, just because we're offended. If you're going to take it away, take the whole film. <laughs> Not that we want you to, but you know what I mean? It changes. The, yeah. It, it's yeah. It changes the full work. Right. Something's missing. It's, like I said, it's like denial. Like, it's like saying, no, it's, it, you know, it didn't, it wasn't there. It's like, yes, it was. I want to thank you for uh, joining us uh, for one. Uh, so actually, if you want to uh, also remind the audience how to get a hold of you or, you know what I mean, or how to uh, look uh, look you up and listen to you. Aren't you very uh, kind? Well, thank you. Uh, my name is Sandy Max, M-A-X-X. I'm pretty easy to find, sandymax.com. Um, I work at Milwaukee PBS and 96.5 WKLH in Milwaukee. Um, I'm at Sandy Max on Twitter, on Instagram, and you can find me on Facebook. Uh, if you want to talk music or movies or art, you can find me on social media. And uh, I'd be awesome. delighted uh, to connect more about music, movies, and art. And I will, uh, I'll also put those on the, uh, dis- in the, the description of the podcast. Uh, we're also cool. on YouTube. So like, it's like a combo. I will, I'll put, I'll, paste those in there so people can click on them as well i love your vinyl um, video by the way i, I love that that's cool yeah i love i love oh, the vinyl thank video. you yeah yeah awesome <laughs> you got to check out her vinyl video that's really cool yeah you can oh, put that the in way, the notes yeah. yeah i am a music junkie yeah mm-hmm. you'll be entertained by my uh random assortment of beloved vinyl listen it's been awesome and um we really uh, had a blast today. I, I hope you uh, had fun as well. What a pleasure. Don't be strangers now that we've all met. I got to think that if we talk even more, we'd have more radio friends in common. And- <laughs> Absolutely. It was so much fun. So um, real quick, if uh, you want to get a hold of us, it's um, filmcrickets8099 at gmail.com. And we are also on Twitter and um facebook and also uh if you are listening on audio we are now on youtube so uh you can check that out as well uh so it's we'd we'd love to have you and um so that'll be it take care bye rock on